Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Vic Friends Podcast. My name is Valerie Molyneux, president and founder of this Vitiligo uh, support community. And it's my pleasure to come to you with my show entitled The Journey with Vitiligo. This is where I get to interview individuals nationally as well as internationally and to just discuss with them their journey, their stories about living and coping with vitiligo. We also want to let you know that this year it is our delight to be celebrating our 13th year with our podcast. Also, we want to let you know that our podcasts are being sponsored by my vitiligo team. Please, we ask that you would like, share, subscribe, but also follow our podcast because um, you'll get notification as to when the next show is happening. We thank you for your support, and right now, I ask that you sit back, relax, and enjoy my show, The Journey with Fidelica. Well, hello there in radio land, internet land, wherever you're coming in from. Again, this is Valerie, and I'm coming to you live out of Boston, Massachusetts, where it's bright and sunny and uh, not as cold as the past couple of days. We're sitting right now at 43 degrees. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the journey with Vitiligo. But unlike today's topic, I should change that to a conversation with someone in our community. And this person is very special to me. She is our medical student intern leader. And I am delighted, delighted to have a special guest with me in studio, none other than Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, I've been wanting to do this, get a chance to go deeper with you. So again, welcome, welcome, welcome. And you do not have vitiligo, so we're going to go back and forth a little bit. So let's start with when and how did you hear about Friends? Can you remember way back then? I do, yes. I remember it like it was (laughs) not five years ago. It's crazy. It has been that long. But I was a junior in college, um, and I was thinking about writing my senior thesis. I was an anthropology major, but interested in going into medicine, so wanted to find a way to kind of write about it all. Um, And my grandmother on my dad's side had vitiligo, and she lived in Sri Lanka. So when I was much younger, I got to know her and... um, Vitiligo was something that I knew about because of her, but wasn't really in my world um, mm. until in college I started to think about the kind of psychological and social aspects of having a condition that is so visible like vitiligo. Um, and I was talking to my family about this, talking what my grandmother's experience was like, and thought about people who I could meet and talk to about their experiences with vitiligo um, Mm -hmm. for my thesis. So I 
got on Google, and the first thing that popped up was ZitFriends. So, Hello. In, That's so wonderful. <laughs> yes. April of 2019, I sent sent an email to you, Valerie, and here we are now. Oh, my goodness. You're, you're, you're touching me. So I'm, I'm going to beg the audience to please um, be sympathetic um, if my emotions kick in, because just the thought of you coming on, I searched because I have a new computer and some of the older things are gone. And I begged to the computer, please let me find that April email. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, I found that April. You're going to make me cry. I found that April email. And it says, oh. exactly a year ago today, I attended my first meeting of BitFriends. Coincidentally, tomorrow, I will be turning in my thesis about Vitiligo. And on and on and on. I wouldn't go into it. Three rich paragraphs, and we'll talk a little about Singapore. It mentioned that here. But I'm so glad mm-hmm. that you've been. I am too. <laughs> Oh, my God. You've been an amazing addition, amazing support. Before you, of course, we've had several other med students, but just there's something to be said for people that come on board and really have a heart, a passion for what we're doing. And I link that, and I've said that to you and others, Um, people like yourself with a grandmother um, that, yes, you were a child, you didn't know the extent and how deep she may have suffered, but just a heart for this condition, much like Dr. John Harris of um, UMass Medical, um, who had a grandmother with vitiligo. So when you came in back then, how was your experience and your encounter with us? Speak to that, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So I think being someone without vitiligo and coming into a space that's meant to be a safe support community for people with vitiligo, I was a little nervous going into the first Mm -hmm. meeting and Mm -hmm. kind of expected to just sit in the back quietly, observe, maybe say hello, and then head my way out. But people were so warm and so welcoming. And throughout the time that I was writing my thesis and I was interviewing members of the support group from across the country, Everyone was so open and so willing to talk about their stories, and I was I was inspired by that. I think being so vulnerable is really commendable, and the only way that people in the medical field will know that this mm-hmm. is something that needs attention. And that's exactly what we've been desiring for so for, for eons um, is that would people mm-hmm. would get an understanding of what we deal with. Don't tease, don't point, don't snicker. Come and sit among us. Ask us questions. And that's Mm -hmm. what you did for this thesis. You asked permission, can you interview me? said, yeah, take it away, go for it. And, um, you know, what was, I can't remember if you did send me anything, but what was the final outcome of that writing? So I kind of went off the rails on this thesis and wrote about 200 pages about vitiligo wow. um, and separated it based on just the themes that I saw um, through my interviews. I interviewed 12 people and mm-hmm. there were a lot of interesting threads that kind of appeared in multiple people's stories 
And I thought some of the most interesting ones were the impact of getting vitiligo in childhood and Mm. how as a child, you don't know what's happening to you. Kids are staring, kids are bullying, and Mm -hmm. it seems to be so impactful um, to develop vitiligo in elementary school, middle school, high school. And you, what did, did your research show uh, as far as folks getting it at a younger age versus folks getting it at a later age? Because Medical Journal, when I first read about it, so when digging around, I found that um, the Medical Journal said vitiligo tends to happen before the age of 25. So my question is interviewing younger folks with it versus interviewing older folks. Um, how was that experience? Um, so, yeah, I right now I'm doing um, a research here that partially focuses on vitiligo, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later. But I think it's about 50% of cases that develop before 25. Mm-hmm. So hearing from a group that was about 50-50 split with people who developed it as adults versus as children, it was... It was an interesting distinction. I think the people who've had it for longer, it's more mm-hmm. a part of their identity. And the people who developed it in, in adulthood, even though they have found this wonderful support community and everybody who I spoke to spoke so highly of being a part of it, friends, I think it was still a major struggle to go through mm-hmm. such a transition once you already know who you are, are secure in who you are, and exactly. have this life that you've established. Yeah. Let me just put a pin right here. If you are listening to this broadcast and you want to be the person that have had vitiligo younger or a person that um, developed it later in life, please feel free to call us and give us a one minute of your uh, story. Our number here is 516. 516- Please feel free to call in and jump in on this conversation. It's a very uh, good topic. Um, Again, I love the part that you said, um, Christian, the later on in life, to me, I think both are equally difficult. But here you are, you've lived your life, you've cruised through your 20s, the dating is happening, the boyfriend's. 30s, you're getting your job, getting, you know, settled in a job and, you know, life is beginning to blossom for you. And whoop, there it is, vitiligo. Have you had any bad um, experiences or have you been told of any bad um, stories for your writing? Oh, my goodness. Yes, too many. I think the name calling was just one aspect of it. The worst part I think was the stories of just what's not said out loud. So Mm. a story that you have told a number of times has been um, about people putting, putting money down, not wanting to touch your hand and place change in your hand at the grocery Mm -hmm. store. I heard so many stories like that and stories about people at work being treated differently or not being respected because they have this visible condition and the fear that it's contagious seems to be the one thing that drives such poor treatment. Yeah. 
it's sad because, again, that's all around education. That's all around um, training at home from your parents as to how to deal with people with differences. It's a the gamut is far and wide as to the lack of empathy comes from again the lack of education and the lack of we would call it home training. Uh, but yeah, right. the stories are crazy. The stories out there are crazy. In your letter to me back in April, some years ago, you talked about going off to Singapore. Um, yeah and doing some research over there on the Skin Institute. You want to talk a little to that, how that went for you, what you, sure. what was different with, with the folks over there than the folks in America? Yeah, absolutely. So my research in Singapore was more laboratory-based research. So it was focusing on kind of the cellular level of vitiligo. And eventually the goal was for this lab to create treatments for vitiligo. Um, Mm -hmm. I was there for a short period of time, so of course wasn't able to accomplish something that great, but it was a wonderful experience to learn about kind of the the inner workings of vitiligo on a biological level. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of the social aspect in Singapore, the culture is so different from the U.S., and having a visible condition here is, is awful, of course having a visible condition in Asia, and I know we've talked a lot about support groups in India, and there's a lot of research on that as well, but marriage and feeling like your child is um, marriageable is difficult when they have a visible condition like vitiligo. Mm -hmm. And I think I found that in Singapore, people were much less willing to talk about vitiligo than I found the VitFriends community to be. And I think that comes from this culture of wanting to keep it, keep it quiet, mm. keep it as down low as possible. Wow. So you, let me let me play that back. You find that the folks in Singapore really don't want to talk about it, plain and simple. Yes. Yes. Wow. So I would imagine then that they don't have support groups and stuff. But do you know if that to be? The, to be the case? Yeah, no support groups. And while I was there, this was kind of just as COVID was um, on a downswing or ending. But I was talking to the the PI at the lab who has worked in the vitiligo space for many, many years. And I asked about starting a support group in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And she liked the idea, but she did say that people people aren't that willing to come out and talk about their experiences mm-hmm. and having this be a part of their identity mm-hmm. and be becoming a part of a community like this isn't necessarily something they want. So suffering in silence is what they do. Yes, exactly. Yep. So, well, I mean, you would have no clue, but the rate of, suicide and rate of trauma and relationships, marriages breaking up if your wife comes down with the LIGO, that must be high because you have no outlet, right? Right. Yeah, I'm not right. I'm not sure much about the data, but I would guess based on what I learned about just the experience of living with the LIGO, I would guess that that is accurate. Yeah. 
that's sad because this is the first I'm hearing that, you know, I, I believe um, we learned from Dr. John that there was a huge um, support system in China. So I just mm-hmm. assume everybody else have, you know, support groups. But this is sad to know that, um, you know, we know that there's people right here in America that suffer in silence. I, I've heard of people right. that they don't come out till it's nighttime. When, when it's dusk, that's when they come out. Um, but that's sad. And so we pray that something can happen for those folks over there. Coming back yeah. from Singapore, what did you step to? Where are you now? What's going on with you now? So I got back from Singapore in July of 2021 and then went straight into my first year of medical school at Duke in North Carolina um, in August. So I'm now in my third year of medical school and at Duke, we have a research year built into our curriculum. So I'm spending my research year back home in Boston, which is very exciting. Um, And I'm doing research on pediatric vitiligo at Mass General. Do you find that in this day and age, what, do you find that a lot of people are really getting into the field of dermatology, especially women, especially women of color, um, or is just people just finding other things to go after? There's definitely a wave of interest over the past probably 10 years or so, um, I think dermatology has become a pretty popular field. And Mm -hmm. definitely the Skin of Color Society is a wonderful organization that promotes um, awareness about patients with skin of color Mm -hmm. and also dermatologists with skin of color. So lots of of new, um, new folks coming into the dermatology space, which I think is great. That's good. That's good. And you, we're grateful to have you back. You're now assisting uh, on the bookkeeping side. You're assisting on in our reading program. Um, I don't think you've had the opportunity to go out and read with us yet, but we're hoping next. Well, I don't know if you'll be back, if you'll be here or back in um, North Carolina, but it'd be so nice to have you come out and read. So publicly, let me say, Thank you for all that you've done in the past. Thank you for what you're currently doing. Um, Your willingness, your willingness to step forward and to say, you know, here I am, what can I do? We've had record number of students over the years, but they're falling off the the wayside, falling off the planet or something. But we want to thank you for always being available, always being around. let me shift to what the latest on the thing, on the agenda. Absolutely. What does absolutely mean to you? What are you hearing in the, in the dermatology space? What, what are people saying? I know Dr. John and Dr. Ross Murren have done tremendous work, and I don't have the data, but what can you say to us about absolutely? Yeah. So I spent a few weeks in clinic with um, the VitFriends 
medical advisor, Dr. Nicole Gunasegra over at Brigham and Women's, and I was in her vitiligo clinics, and it seems like Oxlora is really working for the people who can get that insurance coverage and can actually get it. I think that's the one obstacle, but um, for the folks who've gotten it, it seems like, especially on the face, it seems to be working really well, and people seem really happy with the results. I'm going to ask you to put a pin in it. We have a caller. Hello. Oh, sure. Hello. Please tell us your name. Who are you and where you're calling from? Hi. Good afternoon. I'm Donna Owens. I'm calling from San Antonio, Texas. And I was actually on the blog, but it it died. So I called in to be able to continue on the uh, listening to the blog. Okay. Do you have a question for either one of us? Or are you yourself a vitiligo patient? I am. I do have vitiligo. I've had it for about six years. And, yeah, it's been um, a journey accepting it Mm. as an adult. Um, That was a conversation we were having, yes. Correct. You know, having looked the same way for all these years and now I look different. So I'm accepting it a lot better. It was hard at Mm -hmm. first, but now I've just gotten used to it. It's just another way that God has given me to be beautiful. Good. Two questions from me, and then I'm going to see if um, a, a medical student has a question or anything for you. Have you or are you on any kind of treatment, and what are you are you involved in any support system, support groups? So I I um, I'm not involved in any support system. I have a um, almost like a big sister. Her her name is uh, Michelle Crittenden, and she got me involved with Bilago Friends. And uh, so I ask questions, and they've been pretty instrumental in helping me along the journey, and so has she. Um, Oh, wait a minute. That's Michelle from Baltimore? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's one of our leaders, part of us. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. So, yeah, she's been really helpful with me in my journey because, you know, when I first found out, when I first found out it wasn't, it was okay because I wasn't changing that much. Mm-hmm. But then when mm-hmm. I started, my face started changing, then I started to become real conscious about it. And then, you know, I really cried about it, actually. But, you know, I was very fortunate to have her there, um, you know, always just kind of helping me get through it. Um, and uh, so I did try uh, several of the um, ectopic creams, mm-hmm. uh, none of which worked. Um, hmm. And the last thing I tried was the, is it the Oxalera? Brand new, yeah. The latest thing, yeah, the latest thing they have on the market. And so, you know, uh, Michelle's husband uh, had used it, and so she sent me some pictures and showed me how it had been. Oh, it's working. Him it's working so. for him, yes. It is. It's working for him. And yeah. so I went to my dermatologist. And uh, so she recommended it, but I'm with TRICARE, and TRICARE said, no way are we paying that much for that kind of medicine. So, <laughs> Are you interested in getting it? Are you interested in getting it? I am. All right. So please take this 800 number, and you can call us offline, and we can get you some coupons. We can, we can, we can try to work something out with you. Take this number down, if you okay. will. Okay, awesome. Thank 844-374-3639. Mm-hmm. And the person's awesome. name is Alicia. You can try 
the Alicia's extension, if you don't get her at that extension, any one of us will answer you. But Alicia has the coupon. She has the information. Any questions from awesome. a medical student for this um, guest, for this call? Yes. So thank, thank you for sharing a little bit about your story. I think something that I've been interested in is just hearing about what you wish your dermatologists had said or mm. what your experience was like and what you didn't get out of that experience that you wish you had. Well, I think um, I wish I had gotten, because each, at each um, juncture in the treatment, you know, treatment plan as we tried different things, we, she even had me uh, going to do the um, sitting under the lamp two or three mm-hmm. times a week, which just wasn't, you know, that wasn't easy for me because I work every day. Um, so right. I think what I wish I would have gotten from my dermatologist is just, you know, kind of managing my expectations because I thought every at every juncture, whatever we were trying was going to work. Mm-hmm. And um, and I guess she was hopeful, uh, but nothing worked. And so we just kept trying and trying and trying. And then then we got to the oxalera, and then there was another hurdle. So yeah. I guess I just wish it would have, she had managed my expectations a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, that totally okay. makes sense. We're glad you called. Remind me of your name, would you? I will, Donna Owens. Donna. And you're from Texas? Yes, ma'am. Okay. We're going to ask that you keep listening. And, you again, I gave you that number. Uh, if you lose that number, you can always do bitfriends.org. We're here for you. Please stick around and, and keep listening. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, too. Thanks for calling us. Bye-bye. Wow, Kristen, that was good, right? Are you there? Yeah. 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 This is what we, what you just asked was such a powerful question. And why did you ask that question? I think it's every dermatologist who I've spoken to or worked with has really good intentions and wants the best for their patients. But I Mm -hmm. think understanding what, on a day-to-day level, what your patients need from you and what is going to, like managing expectations, I don't think is something that you would think of. I think you would think you want to instill hope and try and keep things positive. But if every treatment you've tried hasn't worked or isn't getting covered by insurance, I think being really honest um, is not the default. So hearing that from a patient is very valuable for somebody going into the medical field. And I think more dermatologists need to be listening to their patients, especially when it comes to conditions like vitiligo. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Vit Friends podcast. And this is Valerie Molyneux with my special guest. Kristen (laughs) is a med student leader of our group. And she, well, even the very question she just asked Donna um, tells us she is going to be this amazing dermatologist because she's going to be open, upfront, uh, you know, with her patients. And so asking this question, this kind of question is so vital, so important. Um, we've had um, 
some folks documenting exactly that, the bedside manner of dermatologists, I think is what one of our leaders call it. And so we're collecting, it's funny, because we're collecting them. Um, like, um, you're going to be okay. Um, see you at the next visit. No, we don't want to hear that. We want you to be open, upfront. Give us some level of hope, like Donna is saying. But don't. I'm expecting this thing to work tomorrow. But tell me that. No, Donna, it's not going to work that quickly. It may linger. Am I right, um, Kristen? Am I not yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think if you know what you're going into, you won't be disappointed if it doesn't work out. There you go. There you go. Because like Donna said, I got every poor topic that there was out there, everything to rub on. I did the light box. But I don't remember anybody saying um, it could take a month. It could take five years. Nobody said anything. I went in there and I'm thinking, whoop, I'm gonna, this is going to be over with. I'm going to be off that. And it was not that way at all. So, again, no, if you're out there, we are looking and uh, um, to see um, other folks calling in. This is a wonderful topic, and we have the ideal person here to even shed a little bit of light. So let me take you back, uh, Kristen. We started on the Opsilora conversation. Take it away. Thanks. Yes. So I think Donna was perfect timing. It's perfect. Opsilora seems to be working really well. Um, for the people who can get it covered. I've seen a lot of people while working in clinic with Dr. Gunasegra who started using the treatment and see results fairly quickly. I mean, six months was um, pretty much the standard of when people would start to see results from what I saw. But um, everyone seemed very happy with it. I think it's just about making it more accessible now. And in the pediatric population, I believe it's only approved for ages 12 and up. So starting to work our way backwards and making this available to kids under 12 would be a really wonderful next step. But why you're saying it, it, it's approved for 12 and up. So if you're younger than 12, it's not safe. It is, am I reading that wrong? I think I, I think they just haven't done the testing yet okay. for okay. kids under 12. If I'm correct, I might um, might not have all the information on this, but I know that it is approved for 12 plus. But also, part of the conversation was that it's it's better for non-segmental or is it segmental? Explain that. Um, I, yes, I believe it's only approved for non-segmental vitiligo. And I think, okay. again, that's because they tested it on non-segmental vitiligo. Okay. And hopefully future trials will include segmental vitiligo. Wow. It's, it's hopeful. It's wonderful. It's all of that simply because, um, and I did a brief commercial when it first, you know, kicked out with um, some of the leaders and doctors of the community, um, just mm -hmm. saying how we've waited. We've been waiting for years. So to finally have it, to do that um, meeting and testifying before the FDA, all helped to make this happen. 
um, for the people that need it, we're standing wholeheartedly behind them because, you know, I may not want it because I've, I feel I've come too far. You know, I remember the days mm-hmm. of teaching kindergarten with half a brown face and half a light face, and I'm, I'm not going back. I'm not going to touch anything to mess anything up. But for anybody that wants this Absolora, I am standing with, we'll fight for, we'll go all the way with you um, fighting that people be able to get this. So insurance, insurance, look out, we're coming. 2024, we're coming after everybody because it needs to happen. Yeah. What else Agreed. do you see happening in the world of vitiligo, Kristen? So I think when I was doing my thesis research, there wasn't a lot out there about the psychological impact of vitiligo. And I'm very happy and very reassured to see more research on quality of life. Um, Lots of publications. There was recently a survey published that was done by Dr. Harris and some of the other big names in vitiligo research um, about quality of life. And it's, it's great to see that finally the biological side is so important and it's wonderful that we have people who are focused on creating things like Oxalura. But I think to get those things to be accessible, we need to publicize and to advocate for the people who are so impacted by this day to day. Um, so yeah. it's, yeah. it's great to see that this area of research is flourishing now. Yeah. And I've heard of people that they want some counseling, they want to sit with someone, and their insurance won't even cover that. And so, yeah, yeah. I think in an ideal world, every dermatologist's office would also have someone who's trained in psychology or counseling because so many skin conditions, vitiligo being one of them, are mm-hmm. so visible and so impactful in your daily life that having that psychological support should be a part of the deal. It should be a part Automatic. of the, the visit, a part of the medical treatment. It should be built in. Absolutely. It's part of it because it's needed. It's so needed. Yes. Um, I know that... I, Probably no one's ever done the uh, research, no one ever done um, to see, you know, how many people, and I think we've asked this in one meeting and got some answer, like there's no way of knowing, but if you had a patient coming in to see you and you, Christian, could hear that they're just at a low place and they're trying to get um, some mental health counseling, and you're saying as the dermatologist, yeah, well, you know, we don't cover it, whatever. And you don't see that person come back. I mean, am I to assume that they're taking their life? What I'm saying is there should be a way to track, to keep record of, um, I wonder if there's a way to know how many people have hurt themselves because of the mm-hmm. lack of psychological help. Yeah, I think... I think it would be an important number to have just to, again, open the eyes of the people who are treating folks with vitiligo because it's not, it's not cosmetic. And I think that terminology needs to be thrown out completely because 
the number of people who I interviewed who talked about considering suicide or how depressed they were or how they wouldn't leave their homes, that's not, that's no joke. I think this has to start from the top. So this is a political conversation that needs to happen and come all the way down. I am just so grateful that, you know, with the cry to my own um, legislative folks um, about people not, we have one gentleman, a retiree, that wants this treatment. He was only diagnosed last August. So that's just been a year. And Mm -hmm. he wants this treatment yesterday and doesn't have the money. They got it down to 900. He still can't pay that 900. So the long and the short of the story is, you know, I am just so grateful to our member of the House of Representatives here in Massachusetts. We now have, and possibly in the history of the United States of America, there's a bill on the floor in the House Bill number 976, and it's for insurance coverage for vitiligo. Nowhere else in the United States. And so we had a hearing a couple of weeks ago. We're just so grateful that the movement is happening. And guess what? If this were to pass in this, um, in, in this state of Massachusetts, like there's so many things that have launched out of this great state of Massachusetts, it will set the tone for the entire country because I'm sure mm-hmm. every other support group, every other person with Viligo will go now after their state reps, their senators, and all of that um, to have them look into um, seeing that something is passed because no longer you're getting our votes. So we want you to hear us and to hear us good that this is what we desire. Mm-hmm. This is what we want. I know you couldn't um, join us on the um, the day that we um, had a hearing, Kristen, but um, we sent out video. We hope folks got a chance to see that. They're all on the website, on the Facebook. We have them posted out on the on Facebook. But if there's somebody out there, Kristen, that is. Um, New to vitiligo. The, the struggle is new. The struggle is real. Where should they go first? What do, should they do next? How could you encourage them right about now? Yeah, I think it sounds like from the experiences I've heard about that going straight to the doctors is not always the most reassuring path. Definitely finding a good dermatologist who is empathetic and experienced in treating vitiligo is a first but I think finding a community like VitFriends seems to be what helped the most people that I have spoken to. And attending World Vitiligo Day a couple years ago in Minnesota, it's a family, and it's a really warm and welcoming space for you to feel like you're seen, and someone's been through this, and they can hold your hand and guide you through it as well. Um, so I think vitfriends.org is the first place to go, Valerie, honestly. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. And we're happy. Here you are, a med student, and you, you know where to go. And that was so touching when the young man here in Boston, um, who was just diagnosed a year ago, 
when I said to him, when he approached me and said, how did you hear about us? He said, his dermatologist. I mean, I almost burst into tears because that is what we've been wanting for the longest, mm-hmm. for dermatologists to know and to be able to send. We, we've given out brochures in some of the offices with dust on them, I'm sure. But am I not right that that's the way we should do it? Absolutely, yes. I think I have been, in the past month, I've been in two visits with kids who have been diagnosed for the first time with vitiligo and telling them about Fit Friends and the Pen Pal Patch program and just all the support resources, you could see that that was reassuring. Like this is not a journey you go on alone. And hearing about it from a doctor, I think, is even more reassuring. It's a vetted community, you know. Yeah, totally. Uh, before the here's one I wanted to ask earlier, which I forgot about is I was saying that you you've been back now in Massachusetts um, from North Carolina, and you had your hand on the bookkeeping side. Your hand is on the reading side. Tell the folks that um, that are listening a little bit about our reading program. Would you do that for me? Yes, absolutely. It's a a wonderful program that's been up and running for I think now two years, if that's correct. Um, twenty nineteen. Where twenty oh twenty nineteen three four years now. Um, so where members of the Vitfriends community in Boston have been going out to read books about vitiligo to kids at libraries and at schools and. Just bringing awareness to the condition at a young age, I think, is is the goal of the program and is where it begins. And so if you're out there and you're listening and you would love for us to come to your school, your child's classroom, uh, you make the initial connection for us or you send us the information and we will, you know, Kristen is on that now um, and helping us along with another med student, um, Carrie and myself, and we will get out there. I I, I was saying the other day, um, right here in Boston, I went to a pajama, (laughs) a pajama (laughs) reading session. That was new for me at nighttime, you know, and the parents, um, I guess the kids come, they're somewhat dropped off by school buses and they hang out and switch into their pajamas. I had eight people sitting there listening to me read about vitiligo. And this is what the kids need to be educated now at this young age so that when they get out there in the real world, they're not afraid and not thinking it's contagious. We want to educate them now. And I'm just so grateful that to have the med students that have come through and been able to help us. Caitlin has moved away and, and stuff, but Kristen and Carrie is, is with us and we're getting it done. Um, we make sure to plug it in. Uh, um, there's a crux that's um, coming up soon. I'm, I have to tell you about that one, Kristen, when we get off, but we're excited about the opportunity to get out and to read to folks that, um, that, that are welcoming and open to, to us doing this, educating the children in their midst. Kristen, last word. I said it before, but I'll say it again. Last word before you go um, to somebody who's out there, a mother with a child, or somebody like um, 
Miss Donna that just called. What can you say to someone with vitiligo? Um, the last closing words are yours. And anything I may have missed, yes. fill us in. Sure. I think just knowing that there there is hope, there's a community that you can join, there are wonderful doctors and wonderful researchers working towards treatments, and I think using your voice in the way that Valerie and so many others have through VitFriends to advocate and to be a part of this movement to get treatments covered is so important. So come get support and then come advocate for more support. Um, and thank you so much, Valerie. I think you have no idea how wonderful an experience being a part of this group has been for me. And I'm so grateful for all the opportunities that you and the rest of um, the the board have given me. So I really, I appreciate being a part of this. It is truly, truly, truly our honor and our pleasure. In the memory of your grandmother, we welcome you with open arms. We love you, you. and we thank you for all that you continue to do for us. May you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. I know you'll be traveling, so you won't be with us at the party, but please be safe, stay well until we see you next time. Thank you for joining me today. All right. Thank you. Have a good afternoon, Kristen. We'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thanks. All righty. Bye-bye now. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my special guest, Kristen T., one of our medical students. She's the medical student lead. Um, And so we're so, so grateful to have her all of these many years. Um, So diligent, so sweet, so kind, and just wanting to play a role, wanting to get her hands in. And what this does for the medical students that have come alongside us is that they're learning, as Kristen said, they're learning how to approach the patient when they themselves become dermatologists. They can know how to talk to them. And from their experience with us, they become comfortable. Um, She said that when she first came to the first meeting, you know, you feel like, a part of the family. And our meetings here in Boston is open to individuals with vitiligo and their quarters. That's the way we always say it. Or if you just want to come along for the learning, for the knowledge, for the fellowship. And so um, we thank you for always supporting and listening and following us. Um, Our Boston um, office we are excited that in two weeks, that's not this Saturday, but next Saturday is our end of year party here in Boston. If you want more details about that, visit our website. It's www.bitfriends.org and look for support group. And one of the drop downs will give you all the information about the party. Uh, it's as cheap as we could take it. Uh, it's a $25 ticket. We will have a raffle, uh, 50-50 cash raffle. Uh, so there'll be some monies to give away. Um, we're encouraging folks to bring cash so that you can participate in that piece. We have some surprises. 
um, that we want to share that night. And it's at Cafe Pacific is a huge Chinese restaurant. And so we're in that space. We've been in that space actually since 2018. And they've been warm and they've been gracious to us. And so we're going to be back there. The reason why we love this spot too is um, there's a live band that takes the stage at nine o'clock. And so we get to dance from nine until 1 a.m. So if you're interested, call us at 844-374-3639. Um, we are so happy to have this year our group, a few of our group members, four or five of them coming out of New York, uh, two or three of them coming out of Connecticut. And so we're making it a family affair. So if you're between the, anywhere in the Northeast and you'd love to join us, please visit the web. You can pay right on the website and we'll be glad to have you with us. Payments should be received by next Wednesday, the latest. That's the cutoff. Um, BitFriends is being sponsored by my Vitiligo's team. We hope that you can follow them on Facebook, follow their website. Again, it's my Vitiligo's team is the sponsor of our podcast. For 2024, we're hoping to do some things differently. Several members of our organization will have their own show. If you're out there and you'd like to learn more of what we're doing for the new year, you can also write us at bitfriendsorg at gmail.com or call the 800 number, which is 844-374-3639. Again, thank you for joining us. We hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. I'll be back with you next week with another show. And until then, stay well. God bless. Bye-bye.